Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Rise Robotics about the company's electric actuator technology and how it can benefit OEMs designing electric-powered equipment. Let's take a listen now. So yeah, Rise is based here in Somerville, Mass. And after uh, coming out of MIT, a group of engineers and designers formed uh, ultimately to accelerate the electrification of heavy machinery. I'm sure you know all of this though from <laughs> from uh, what's already out there. Actually, one of our first press releases was uh, a, pro- a new product announcement by OEM Off-Highway. Excellent. Yep. Glad you guys could so, keep us up to date on stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we had just uh, had our first preliminary test results uh, that were really promising, and formed uh, a partnership with an OEM, and we wanted to find out uh, what other OEMs out there were innovative, because um, we're a technology company, and um, so. Raj Robotics as a technology company offers uh, collaborations with leading innovative OEMs who want to electrify their heavy machinery and have battery problems like big batteries or expensive batteries or dead batteries um, or um, some other possibilities are oil-free solutions. So it's it's totally different than any other actuator out there. Others um, are configuring screws or, um, you know, existing technology. Uh, we actually developed something from a clean slate. We actually built it to make wearable uh, human amplifying machines. Okay. That was the original thing that brought us all together. We. Uh... For some reason, thought catapult pants were something great to rally around. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we actually built a whole bunch of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, as we were testing it, we found that there were large existing markets in which we could have a really disruptive effect. So we called up a whole bunch of different OEMs, and a couple of them had some dead battery problems, and we're trying to get rid of their hydraulics, uh, which are, in some applications almost all of the energy budget uh, and in most machines they're a significant part of the energy budget so by by uh, reducing the amount of power that is drawn or the you know the total energy that's drawn off of the hydraulic systems it's effectively a, a full powertrain system solution or in other words it's a it's a battery solution because it makes the batteries able to be much smaller you know half half the size or better and that's that's just from the amount of energy that we don't consume. It doesn't even count the regeneration capability. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you able to go into the technology a little bit more, sort of how it works and then how it would be able to help reduce that battery energy use? Yeah. Yeah. So instead of a fluid that is compressed by a pump, uh, the rise cylinder instead 
uses a direct uh, mechanical power transmission. Um, specifically, it's a belt on a pulley system. So we route belts inside of the cylinders and are able to put small motors directly on the cylinder. And so we can go from motor to rod uh, with direct uh, minimal power for the same amount of output that you would get from a hydraulic system. And then we can also go back from rod to motor through the belt system and run the motor in reverse like a generator and produce power. So in our, in our first application, when we raise um, unloaded and grab a heavy object, so, um, you know, approximately a two ton object, which is one of our lighter things, when we go in reverse and lower that load, we actually produce more power uh, lowering a load than we do raising without a load. So for unloading applications, it's actually a, a power plant that produces power. Mm -hmm. So as okay. ships come in uh, to a dock, if, the, if a forklift is unloading containers off of that, uh, it's actually producing power and you know, it's a substantial amount of power. It's actually um, per ton, it's about, uh, it can be as much as, um, so for two tons, we produce about a, almost a kilowatt. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, unlike normal uh, hydraulic alternatives, we can do really, really long strokes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, we're actually uh, designing a 100,000 pound force size for a very large machine mm -hmm. right now. And uh, it'll shrink the battery from, the batteries are currently about a, a megawatt hour. And we're going to, we're going to do less than that uh, by, by about half that. We actually, after we do some initial runs on it, we think we could go even smaller than, than half of a megawatt hour. Mm -hmm. So that, that, makes the machines affordable. So the so the the last time you and I interacted was when you first started oh. at OEM, I think back when we introduced the hydraulic oh. hybrid excavator and when we were trying to really move from you know diesel hydraulic systems and we wanted to move to really electrify machines, but what kept us from doing that was the power consumption of hydraulics was so high that, I mean, we could do the electric motor, we could do the drives, but the problem in the industry was that hydraulics, con that hydraulics consumed so much power that if you were driving hydraulic systems to move the bucket and implements with, 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 a, with an electric motor, the batteries had to be so big that you couldn't, right. you couldn't move the machine around. Or, or you had to connect it to an to you had to connect it to an umbilical, you know, like mm -hmm. in, a, in a mining application. So, what what these cylinders allow us to do, they'll use uh, they'll use sixty percent less, and often often even less than that power that the power that a hydraulic cylinder would use. So, what that allows us to do from a system point of view is use much smaller batteries. So that we can actually we can actually fit them into the envelope of a of a you know a traditional looking machine, if you will. So what it's allowed us to do is 
what this allows a system designer to do is shrink the battery down into a manageable size that they can actually fit into something that'll really work mm -hmm. on a job site. Would you guys then be working directly with an OEM or maybe another system integrator to um, integrate the technology into the piece of equipment or can you maybe talk about that relationship a little bit and how that would work? Yes, yeah, so we're flexible on the form of how we bring our tech to market. Uh, the form so far has been in exclusive uh, relationships with OEMs for first fit uh, brand new machines. And these are innovative uh, OEMs that are um, bringing to market like the next generation of equipment, which most others have struggled to do so because uh, going electric has been unaffordable mm -hmm. or uh, not diesel equivalent. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but we, we also have like, you know, collaborated with end user operators and I mean, right now we've just been doing the, uh, the OEM uh, collaborations um, narrowly by type of machine and territory of sale. Mm -hmm. The, um, I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes. There's, I wouldn't want to be too prescriptive about it. But, yeah, but it's really, I mean, you typically, I mean, you guys, we've typically done, and you guys stop me, you know, this is like based on my one day, you know, on a job, but it's, but it, but it's really development partnerships that seem to be kind of the norm for rise. And what we, you know, what we want is somebody that will work with us to validate this component in their, in their system and initially, and then ultimately what we would love to do is optimize the system around the component because things change. I mean, one of the things that's really cool about rise cylinders is that, you know, hydraulics typically push, right? I mean, there's some, you push on the piston side and that's, that's primarily the force actuation. There's some pull by pressurizing the rod side, but it's mostly push. Rise cylinders can do both. We can push and pull with equal strength in the same, in the same envelope. So, yeah, we can replace the push cylinders and that's really cool. That's a first step. Let's replace what's out there. But what really is exciting in the longer term is optimizing these systems that push, that, that allow us to push and pull in that same envelope. You know, I, my, I have this wild imagination, you know, what does construction equipment or mining equipment of the future look like when the cylinders not only push, but they push and pull. And that totally changes what we're able to do from a kinematic dynamic point of view on the job site. That's my, that's what I'm so excited about. I can't hardly stand it. Yeah. I mean, hydraulic, <laughs> hydraulic cylinders, they don't pull very well because of the, the rod, you know, it takes up so much of the area. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't shrink, you know, if you could shrink the rod down to a thread, it would, you could, you know, the push and pull would be the same, but you have to have enough strength in the rod to not break it when it's coming back into that, into that, you know, when you're, when you're pulling back out. So that's the balance point. You make the rod bigger to handle the strength and that 
and that cuts down the surface area on the backside of the piston that you have to push on. And we don't have that limitation. Rise cylinders don't have that limitation, and um, which is kind of fascinating. I just, my mind just, my as a designer, as a machine designer, my mind just races all over the place. And I'm a system guy, so that that's what I'm real excited about. Yeah, I, yeah, I, we, you know, putting them into the existing machines as they are is a is a step forward, and it's a lot more than incremental uh, improvements on tier four engines or other emissions requirements or you know sensors on hydraulics um as ken's saying though there's like what machines like how does the machine shift and and it if you look back a little bit it's it's similar to the shift of of uh cable to hydraulic so i mean when you had external combustion coal powered you know steam shovels with cables the shift to the internal combustion engine was, it was significant. The shift to hydraulic power transmission was substantial. That was the, the Titanic uh, for the industry, right? And, and the, old, the old way uh, was just antiquated and inadequate for, for the new tasks to be done. The, um, the, you know, most of the industry has recognized that electrification is here and they're doing it with batteries instead of diesel and traction drives um, for driving around, but they're still doing hydraulic over electric. And uh, you know most of the problems still exist. And so the electrification has been slow, uh, if at all. There's mm -hmm. been some uh, cases like warehouse forklifts that you know, have, have those closed environments or underground mining uh, where they've, ha they've had to go uh, electric or, you know, machine, machine size is a very uh, important thing, right? So if you have a small machine, then you have small batteries. But um, if you have huge machines that are using a lot of energy, um, it's just been impossible so far. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so what, what will the machines of the future look like? Um, it'll be similar to like the return of the cable, but... Um, they're going to look different. Yeah, they're going to look pretty different. Yeah, but different. <laughs> But different because in the beginning, in the in the beginning with steam shovels, it was all based yeah, on pull. We can push. And then when we switched to hydraulic, it was all based on pushed. Well, now we can do both. So now it's an, now it's an opportunity to rethink it. So I always talk I always talk about my favorite book was when I was a kid was <laughs> Are You My Mother, yeah. the Dr. Seuss book with the with the shovel, and that's pull technology. So you know the the machine digs like it, it was based on pull, and a lot of machines today are still based on pull. You know wheel loaders are based on pull technology, and and so are front shovels and and mining. Um, but now we can do both. Now we can now we can take an excavator and push to increase penetration force. We could never do that. We could really never do that until now. And hydraulics have been around because let's face it, they're pretty good. I mean, from a power density point of view, you get an awful lot of power in a small package. And rise cylinders deliver the same power performance in the same package. So the power density is really, really good. And this is the first the first linear actuator, screw type linear actuators. The power density is too low and the speeds are too slow. But 
you know, this is the this this technology was kind of grafted from high speed elevator technology. You know, they've got the strokes are long and the speeds are high and the power levels are high. And so these geniuses, and I'm not in this group at all, they somehow figured out how to compartmentalize this and package this that was originally concepted for these high speed elevators into this little package that will that will that will fit in the envelope of a hydraulic cylinder and that's what i think mm -hmm. is enabling this um the other thing is they're dry there's no there are no leak yeah, nothing too so leak. one of the biggest complaints that we get yeah one of the one of the biggest complaints that we get is from a reliability point of view is hose bursts or you know you know my o-ring was installed incorrectly and i've got hydraulic leaks so not only is it a reliability issue, but it's also an environmental an environmental cleanup issue. So I'm also excited about it from that standpoint. I can improve, we can improve the reliability of the machine because the system, because it's such a simple component. And we can also improve the um, the sustainability from a from just a reduction mm -hmm. in spills uh, as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of exciting potential here. And again, that's why we want to find you know, partners mm -hmm. to uh, work with right. So can the technology be used on any type of heavy duty equipment? Or I guess maybe could you talk about some of the applications it could be utilized in? Yeah, uh, we're going to market right now uh, in forklifts and uh, high net energy use cases, which uh, emphasize and exaggerate the impact on the uh, battery systems as they transition from diesel to battery electric. Um, there are a lot of other applications out there. Uh, they're all in play. Um, okay. Is yeah, there then? Uh, I would say steering cylinders, lifting I... cylinders. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think I. You know, I think I think what, but I think what we need to do. I think. You know, this I keep coming back to this partnership idea. I'd love to. We would love to find. I think any. I think these tough, you know, earth moving and mining applications are are really well suited for this technology. But I also we also want to be realistic, and we want we want partners to val. Again, I use the word validate. Aaron likes to de-risk. He likes to talk about de-risking the component in that application. I prefer a more, I want to validate the component in these applications and um, and then in the system and with, with end user customers in mining and construction. I think there, I think all of those are within scope. I think, you know, an excavator application, a wheel loader application, I think dozer applications, I think are definitely things that this technology is capable of, uh, of yeah. handling applications. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, also agriculture okay. across all the different machines. So balers, uh, mm, tractors, sprayers, combines. If there's a hydraulic tractors. cylinder, if there's a hydraulic cylinder, if there's a hydraulic cylinder there, I think okay. there's a chance, there's a very good opportunity that this that this technology okay. can yep. replace it. Yeah, material handling of all forms. Um, I mean, if you pick it up and set it down and, and there's a hydraulic cylinder in there or a very, mm -hmm. very large screw even, okay. um, yeah. The screws don't really have shock tolerance, um, unlike the rise cylinder systems. 
that's something that we're going to be demonstrating uh, or validating, you know, with with the uh, OEM collaborators and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our stuff is not really uh, metal on metal yeah. like how screws are. It's more like tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were t- they were giving me they were they were we were doing some deep dives on technology today. They were tra- they were <laughs> they were training me yeah. up today. It was kind of fun to yeah, kind of fun to garbage truck. Um, you know, I think the other the I think the other thing that's that's um, and and Aaron Aaron uh, alluded to it earlier on, but I think we should expand it is that these carry with them and kind of an automatic regenerative um, capability. So. The motor drives the drives the the piston, if you will, in one direction. But as it comes back, the motor can run in reverse as a generator. So, in the case where we're talking about lift gates, you have a platform where you're going to put a you're going to put a heavy object on the platform, and then you're going to lower you're going to lower it to the, to the ground. So that lowering you have to you have to slow that lowering so the braking that's done is really done you know a lot of that is done with that motor that's running in reverse as a generator so that's where that energy creation comes from i always i always told my engineering team that you know every machine has a really great feature that we call gravity that you need to figure out how to take Mm. advantage of in this case if you can run that gener- if you can run that motor in reverse it becomes a generator as you take it down to the ground and then you use the power that you generated to put it down well then you can then you lift it up for free and actually get to keep some we've got to figure out what to do with that energy it's got to go somewhere else you get to you don't use everything to, to put it back up in place to handle the next load that's coming down so that's just a perfect that lift gate is kind of a perfect application for any regenerative tool but uh, for any regenerative component but in every in every excavation application there's an opportunity mm-hmm. like that so you're carrying a heavy load an excavator is carrying a heavy load and when it puts it when it 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 lifts it up it needs when that when that arm returns to dig there's an opportunity to capture some energy that you can reuse when you're pushing when you're taking the load back up so there's, so it's a, it's a really there's a really great kind of I get it for free regenerative capability here that uh, we shouldn't forget about and in fact we should be emphasizing that mm-hmm. that it's the, there. The port terminal industry also may uh, we're 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 looking deeply into this because mm-hmm. California really needs to electrify right. all their ports mm-hmm. and there are some machines that can't switch over. The machines that roll around they have to carry their own batteries they, right. a lot of oems just don't have an answer to that mm-hmm. and um you know based on what we have so far we may be joking at the moment but there may be a scenario where we can use containers as a way to store energy mm-hmm. and yeah, that's important like because a... the ports are are kind of spooked by having to upgrade their electrical infrastructure and you know they're they're asking around like how do we you know, there's going to be megawatt requirements and mm-hmm. nobody's really ready for that. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. So and not just there. on the machine, also um, on the charger that sits mm-hmm. like next to the grid. So it's a, it's doubly as bad as it sounds, right? You need, you need a battery on the machine and you need a battery right next to the grid. Mm-hmm. So instead with the rise system, um, 
you know, you reduce all of those batteries by half. And then, you know, as the, if you're unloading, then that boat full of containers is actually like a giant mechanical battery. Mm -hmm. And um, we think that, you know, if, if you had, uh, if you had excess, if you were on the grid and you had excess electricity um, from the grid at like a, you know, at a time of day where there's more power production from renewables than there is demand from the renewables, then, you know, this forklift with rise technology would stack the containers up and store that energy in a mechanical form. Um, and that, you know, me that mechanical stored energy is essentially there forever. Right. So, you know, looking at it like that, the pyramids are actually giant batteries. <laughs> as long as you have the machine that can unstack them right. to turn that back into power, like a hydroelectric dam would use mm -hmm. falling water to produce power. Mm -hmm. uh, the RISE technology can use lowering loads to produce power. And so is the technology, is it, are you gearing it more towards like electric powered vehicles? Or could it also mm -hmm. work well with a traditionally like an engine, diesel engine powered or other fuel engine power or fuel, hydrogen fuel cell? Or is it really kind of more just the battery electric powered? And we, we're impact focused. So, okay. you know, our, our purpose is to make the future happen now, which is also why we're going horizontal with mm -hmm. lots of collaborations across many industries. Um, there's no time to wait to get this out there. We don't have the, there's no reason to, to um, you know, essentially do slow vertical innovation here. Um, and although we could put this onto any sort of shaft that spins and it could be powered by diesel, um, I mean, we, we wanna have a huge impact. And, and um, so, so right now we're really, we really are focused on, um, essentially making battery electric a diesel equivalent mm -hmm. experience instead of right now it's a you know it's a double currently before rise it's double the price and half the performance mm -hmm. so right. you mean only only those places where they're forced do they do it you know i do I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me though if an oem would want to do as you're suggesting and that is put an electric system in front of a diesel engine i mean it wouldn't surprise me at all and you know you could see yeah there, there are some cases where you want that yeah i mean you could see i could almost and, I, and again i'm kind of thinking out loud it happens a lot i think out loud but you could put you could electrify the front of a machine if you wanted to and you know and keep the diesel you know maybe if you're if you're worried about getting electric to the machine maybe you could run you know, you could run, you could run a generator that powers the, an electric system in the front. I mean, I could see that. I could definitely see that as a transitional step, um, between, you know, from where we are today to fully electrifying. So maybe that, maybe that has some appeal, Sarah, mm -hmm. uh, to some OEMs. That might be a, that might be a way that, you know, makes somebody that may, I make my own diesel engine, so I want to preserve it. And let, I mean, right. <laughs> you know, staying with yeah. what we know is really important, you know, but at the same time, at the same time, right. you know, it, it's going to have to change. I mean, we're going to, if we're not careful and we're not, if we're not careful on our industry, we're going to be, have diesel legislated right. away from us and we're not going to be ready. That's mm -hmm. something yeah. I was always 
concerned about. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad is an owner operator of a lot of uh, diesel machinery, and uh, he rightfully is grumpy that uh, you know he's going to have to discard his machines, and he's even more unhappy that the replacement with these new battery electric machines is substantially more expensive. Um, what what we're focused on is is essentially making both your mm -hmm. your industrialists and your environmentalists happy because if you're using less energy, then that's right. both lower cost and less emissions on the environment. So you know that there's a tipping point where um, the electric solutions mm -hmm. are are better uh, and cheaper, and we make that happen uh, more close to now than. Um, any other solution. So while everybody else is waiting on better batteries to become more affordable, um, those battery technologies are, are still in, you know, university or, um, I mean, you, incremental improvements, right? Like even breakthrough systems by um, massive car companies and, and battery companies are 50% better or so. I mean, we're, we're talking about our technology can, can make it um, you could get double the range or even we have some use cases where we're getting more like triple. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you again to Aaron, Kyle, and Ken for providing their insights into the RISE cylinder technology and how it can help improve machine performance. Be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up to date on our ever-changing industry. Bye.